Do England have what it takes to win the T20 World Cup 22? England just qualified for the semi-finals after beating uh, Sri Lanka. Not very convincingly, but they still managed to qualify. They are second in Group 1, which means they will be playing India, uh, who were the winners of um, Group 2 in the semi-final. So we'll discuss how we think that's going to go about, you know, willing, do England have what it takes to, 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 uh, bat against India's best bowlers, to bowl against India's best batters, and do they, do we think they can win? And then potentially what might happen in the finals as well. So we'll be looking at that key question essentially. But yeah, before that, actually, I want to just to talk, uh, talk to you, Zaid, about, um, about how, uh, the today's today's gone uh, in terms of you know the group two because they've had a few matches and I think initially everyone was expecting India and South Africa to qualify um, from group two but surprisingly Pakistan who only a few days ago were fifth in group two actually qualified alongside India uh, for the semi finals so South Africa lost to Netherlands Zaid look, looking at today's results you know India beating Zimbabwe Pakistan beating Bangladesh and then South Africa losing to Netherlands what do you feel how how do you think it's been I mean, see, I guess the India-Zimbabwe and the Pakistan-Bangladesh, I think those are fairly predicted results. Uh, India crushed Zimbabwe, really, and um, Pakistan, you know, again, another fairly convincing win against Bangladesh. But then the South Africa-Netherlands game, I think South Africa is a shocking game, actually. Um, I, I didn't watch it, but I saw the I saw the highlights and the scorecard, and I was shocked to see that Netherlands won. Um that it's it's great for Netherlands. I think Netherlands that game they played really well. They I'd say they batted well. You know, Ackerman he he batted really well. But then I guess South Africa that's not really what you expect from that sort of team. I mean, they're a really good team. Uh, their their main bowlers I think Rabada and Gidi they they got hit for I think over ten and over. And you know that's not really really expect from your world class bowlers. Um, and then you know South Africa's batting. They only they only managed to get one hundred forty five, so they lost by thirteen runs. It just wasn't. I think I don't think there's any there's barely anyone who went at over a hundred strike rate, or if they did, they didn't really. None of the bats really fired. So yeah, I mean, all credit to Netherlands. They played really well, but that that game really shocked me. I think it was really. Um, Really interesting. It's really good to see though this World Cup that you know a lot of the smaller teams you you could say um, they've played really well. You know Zimbabwe qualifying, Netherlands even qualifying, Netherlands beating South Africa here. You know Zimbabwe playing well, Ireland, everyone. So I think it's really been a good World Cup. But yeah, it's pretty uh, shocking how India and Pakistan have managed to qualify. Yeah, and I think it, this World Cup is you know it's been a series of upsets first year. England losing to Ireland, South Africa losing to Netherlands, uh, Pakistan losing to Zimbabwe. And I think that what it really shows is the real nature of T20 cricket. All these teams are actually really, you know, they've got really good players and they're, they're of, like really high quality. And the, the divide between like the perceived top five, top six and the rest, and even the top 10 and the rest are just really, it's, it's become smaller and now anyone can win. And I think, you know, we were Ireland were looking at you know potentially qualifying for the semi-finals for a while. So were Bangladesh, Zimbabwe at one point. And I think the openness of this World Cup has just really been in, you know it's been something that people can enjoy and all teams can really enjoy. But for me, do do you think that South Africa were the best team in the um, World Cup? Well, I wouldn't say they're the best team. I think they played really well up until that last game. I think. For me, so far, 
the top two teams, I guess, would be India and New Zealand for me. I think New Zealand, they had a bit of a stumble against England, but otherwise, you know, they, they had a great game at the beginning against Australia, which sort of set them up really well for the rest of the um, the Super 12s. And India, they, they again, they also won their first few games and they ended up with, with the with coming first in thing with eight points. So I'd say South Africa, um, they played, I'd say they played some really good cricket. Uh, throughout the five matches, I think one of them they unfortunately had a cancellation to Zimbabwe. But I think just apart from that Netherlands game, they you know they beat India. That was a really good win for them. Um, and uh, I mean they did lose to Pakistan, I think. Um, but I'd say overall that their batting's looked pretty decent. I mean they've had what, Riley Rousseau, they've acquitted De Kock back well. Um, they it, it was just this particular game where you know. Not only batted well, your main bowlers didn't bowl well, but I think as a whole, I say I'm I'm pretty impressed with South Africa's performance. Also considering you know they they haven't had the best of runs uh, in T20 cricket recently. Also, I mean they played well in uh, series in different series against England, etc. But I think last World Cup they didn't have the best of times. So you know, considering that, I think they did pretty well this season. Just you know that Netherlands game would have been a bit of a uh, sort of a shocker for them. Yeah, I think so. I think they played well enough to be, you know, in the semi-finals. Just the fact that you know match execution in that last match against Netherlands, and you know, I think there was a lot of pressure as well. They needed to win it to qualify, and it's quite surprising. So uh, it was an interesting day today, and I think so. Now we've got confirmed that uh, New Zealand, uh, England, India, and Pakistan are the four semi-finalists. England will be playing India, New Zealand will be playing Pakistan, and we're going to be focusing on England today in this episode so so the question is of this episode is you know do england have what it take to win do england have what it takes to, to win the world cup and i think we've got to start with it with their batting because you know in their white ball revival over the last few years it's been their perceived strength yet we've we've seen it actually you know crumble quite easily in a match against afghanistan and match against sri lanka in the group stages so and zaid just looking at you know their batting over the the first five matches uh, of of the World Cup, England's England's first five matches. Sorry, do you think looking at that those performances, would you immediately say yes? England have what it takes to bat India out of the game. You know, bat scores a, a, a total so high that you know even when India chasing, they they won't be able to make it. For example, well, forgetting about bowling and fielding for the moment, just looking at just entirely looking at their batting. I don't think it hasn't been for me. It just hasn't been convincing enough. They've really, you know, stumbled. You know, the the one that you know, I think the one against Afghanistan and then the Sri Lanka game, obviously. You know, they stumbled to vic- to victory. I mean, they the games that should have been won very easily. Um, their batting has sort of not uh, fired in a way. I think um, the game against New Zealand, it did. Yeah, that that was a good game for England. Uh, Just Butler fired, uh, you know, a lot of their bats from five. But apart from that, as a whole, I don't think they have what it. You know, at the moment, I don't think they're going to be able to bat bat out India uh, in the semi final. I think you know their bowling is going to have a crucial role. Fielding, we're going to talk about that obviously, but bowling field is going to have a crucial role. I think batting. I mean, obviously, you've got you know a big setback with Milan being injured as well. So I mean, you know, you'll have to look at who's going to replace him. But as a whole, I just don't think it's been convincing enough to be able to, you know, put up put up a really strong competitive score against India if they were to bat first. 
on on the topic of um Dan Milan, obviously you know he went off with a groin injury, I think, in the um the match against Sri Lanka. Uh, he he, you know, p- people have always dismissed Dan Milan as too slow for T Twenty cricket. You know, not not good enough, not really a clear role. You know, just pulling the team down. But you know, when we see England struggling so much in like against Sri Lanka, just purely because they're their so-called attacking attempt just is completely failing and getting out so softly. Do you know, doesn't Dan Milan seem like the, the perfect antidote? Doesn't he seem like, you know, he's known for his ability to, to play spin. He's known for his ability to to hold the innings down and to really provide the innings some sort of backbone. Do you not think that, you know, let's just say things go, you know, wrong in any in any match. We know it looks like he won't be playing for the, uh, the the semi-final, but if, let's just say he is, let's say he is playing, do you think, he, how crucial is he against a team of the quality of India, where England could easily lose three three wickets and be, you know, f- three down in, in, in the power play? Uh, if you have someone like Dal Milan at the crease, you know, how crucial is he to, for England, you know, to really absorb pressure? Yeah, he's very crucial. I think, really, the reason why people have sort of been signing off a lot and just saying, you know, it's too slow, I think it's just... Because at the beginning he was sort of struggling for some timing. Um, it was he wasn't he wasn't struggling for form. He was doing fine, but he was just you know scoring a, I think below a hundred strike rate in the first couple of games. I think that's really the main reason people were kind of signing him off. But you know he's definitely a big asset for England. I think you know England's sort of uh, morale when they want to. Uh, go hard at the top, especially in the power play. Similar to India, actually. But, you know, when they want to go hard in the power play, I think it, I'd say it doesn't work in Australia as well as it might do in England or in the subcontinent, maybe. Just because it's harder. I think, you know, you've got such quick, bouncy pitches. Um, and then it gets, you know, it's much harder. I think a lot of the time you've seen batsmen maybe come down the wicket to a fast bowler or try to swing out a fast bowler. And then they just miss, and or they get edge it or something, and that that wouldn't really happen if you're in uh, back in England, for example. I think that's what that, I mean. That's why I would say that uh, Milan becomes a big asset to any team uh, playing in Australia. And I guess that's why he has such a good record in Australia. I think um, he, you need someone to, as you mentioned, absorb the pressure. Yeah, if that's and so if you need if you have a couple of wickets go down early, you have Milan. Uh, to rely on for the rest of the batsmen can sort of bat around him. So I think it would be a big asset for Milan being injured, and I think I'd be really interested to see how they go about, you know, adapting to that and see how it, if they do continue with their really attacking style to try and you know, bat bat a team out the game within the power play. Yeah, I think that uh, I guess it, if they haven't lost wickets and and they can, I think England will attack. I think they will try and you know because it. Realistically, we, we saw with the England Sri Lanka game, you know, the fact that England had scored so many runs in the power play made it their life a lot easier as, you know, the as things went, you know, wickets were lost and, and, and the conditions were, or and England started struggling and they, they couldn't score at the same fluency, they could barely score at all. That's you know, if they hadn't scored as many runs as they did in the power play, I think they scored you know, something more than more than sixty runs in the power play, so more than ten and over. Really putting pressure on the striker bowlers. It it just makes your life a lot easier. And I think there is a, there is there is evidence. It, it makes sense if you're trying to go hard at the power play because you know you can really build a bigger total once you you know, really put pressure on the on the bowlers from from early part. But you know, let with Milan being injured immediately, who who's your best replacement? For me, it's you know, Phil Salt. 
right? That do you agree? Yeah, obviously, you know, it's got to. There's no one really else I can rethink really of. It's got to be salt, which would mean you you raise the question of you know would he be three? Would he open? Maybe would you push Hales down at three? I mean, it's, it's a good question. I think definitely it would be salt, but then it's just a case of uh, how would you rearrange that uh, batting order? Yeah, I think see salt hasn't really batted at three. At three requires you know someone who's more stable could could potentially. Someone like Ben Stokes go up to three after the innings that we saw against Sri Lanka, you know, really sort of shepherding the innings towards the end. You know, he he could be up at three and then uh, and then give um, Salt four to give him more freedom to hit. Or and would you would you even think about disrupting you know Butler Hales that opening partnership? Considering you know the 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 rate of scoring uh, uh, against New Zealand, uh, you know the opening partnership as well as even against Sri Lanka, would you consider disrupting the uh, uh, partnership of Butler and Hales? Well, I would probably keep them both to open the batting. And then I guess, yeah, I would agree with you. Maybe Stokes at three. Um, you, you know, you kind of, you don't really want someone like Salt. He's just not really suited to number three. I mean, it's just, it's neither here or there. So I think for Salt, you'd either want to open or be, you know, four or five. So I put him at number four, maybe. Then Brooke, maybe five. Livingston, six, something like that. Um, but yeah, I don't really want to disrupt that flow of Butler and Hales at the top because they're doing pretty well. Uh, Butler's finally found some form. Hales is, you know, he, he's doing well anyway. He's, he's, he bad really well in Sri Lanka. So I'd want them to, you know, play how they are really. Just, uh, obviously not no rash shots or random stuff. Uh, just make sure that they just attack the bowlers how they are. And then Stokes can be their sort of maybe a Milan role. A, a bit more, um, and then you've got your, you know, hitters, you know, Salt, Brooke, Livingston, Ali to come in. So I'd probably go with that order. How about Harry Brook? You know, he he hasn't been in the best of form. You know, it, it, could there be a potential, you know, shift in the order and like bringing up Moeen Ali? You know, Moeen Ali's batted everywhere and anywhere for England. He's batted three, four, seven. You know, I, I could. Moeen Ali, he's he's batted at the role of number four before. Could Moeen Ali go at four, Salt five, Brook six, and the Livingston seven, and then three is uh, Stokes. So you could get Salt into more of an attacking role, or do you want to really utilize Phil Salt's you know power as well as you know his his batting quality at the top of the order? Yeah, that's a really good point. I think you could it could depend on how the game's going. If you if you're in a situation where You've, you're still in the power play or you're about to finish the power play and uh, you are already down to number four or maybe even number five, then Ali would be a good role. I mean, as you mentioned, he's bad everywhere. He's opened, he's bad it all right way down to eight, nine. Um, so, I mean, I know this is more coming into a bit of bowling, but I think I'm just interested because Ali has, hasn't bowled much. I think the, in the Sri Lanka game, he bowled one over. I think there was a game earlier where he bowled he, he bowled first over and only bowled one over the whole game and and yet he's batting at around six or seven and you know would that be would you think he's not would you agree that he's not being utilized enough Avinash would you think that maybe you know as you mentioned maybe yes he could he could be an option to actually come at four and then have soul at five because if he's not bowling that much then you probably want to utilize him more as the batsman see when I look when I think about that you know this argument I look at, you know, his performances against Pakistan. Uh, in general, you know, he's got 50s at, you know, in the mid- in the middle order when he's given the opportunity. But 
so he does provide some sort of strength to the middle order. But, you know, it really depends. And I think Dan Milan getting injured has really, you know, disjointed, you know, the, the batting order because it, it, it is a flexible batting order. Livingston could, let's just say Milan, uh, sorry, not Milan, Hales and Butler score 50 each, you know, we're, we're doing well at, by 10th over on like around 100 or 90 or something. You know, if, if wicket, a couple of wickets fall, Livingston could easily come up early and, you know, provide some attacking impetus. Um, it's flexible. And I think that, I think that you don't want to change things up too much because obviously they did win against Sri Lanka and, they, and they've, they've, England like to have some sort of continuity. I think for me, there isn't too much you could change about batting order. I think I might keep Moeen Ali uh, at like six, uh, Livingston at seven. And I think, yeah, I think that is, I think that's the most, that's where you get to provide some sort of protection in a way, I think. For me, I think Moeen Ali could, you know, Potentially got to four and then Brooke at six. But yeah, I think that it's flexible depending on the situation. I think that Moe Dali's okay where he is for now. I think the real the real thing that English should be worrying about is where am I going to put Phil Salt? Am I going to put him at three where he's more unfamiliar? But he could still do well. Um, but as you said, it's a role like it, you have to have that perfect balance of being able to attack, but also be able to really you know knuckle down. And Phil Salt's not, his skill set isn't really suited to that. So it's 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 an interesting question, and I think I think that you know Ali could stay where he is if that's if that's the best way to go. But if they're worried about where they're going to put where England selects is going to put um, Phil Soul, then maybe Ali could come up at three, and then maybe sure someone's occupying that spot, and then give Phil Soul four or five, and then Stokes could be the other, uh, you know, the other either four or five as well. But yeah, even forgetting about the order now. Just looking at India's bowler, uh, bowling, sorry, you know, just watching the match against uh, Zimbabwe, you know, Bhuvaneshwar Kumar and Arshdeep Singh were really effective. Bhuvaneshwar Kumar, especially, you know, swinging it like crazy. And England in in T Twenty series, they've they've seemed to struggle a lot against swing. So when you're facing the likes of Bhuvaneshwar Kumar and Arshdeep Singh, who aren't the fastest bowlers, which means you can't use the pace of their their bowling to to hit, the, you know, to to really hit hard. Do you think England's top order is going to be, you know, up to the task of facing these bowlers? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. I think, uh, I think India's bowling lineup looks really strong. I mean, today, Bhuvanesh uh, Rakuma, he just he got a wicket of the first ball. I think, um, yeah, it's pure. It's really good. I think he's he's really used that his ability to swing the ball both ways. Even I think throughout this tournament, he's done that really well. And then you've got Arshdeep Singh as well. Um, yeah, again with a bit of swing, he can good good change ups as well. I mean, I think England got to be, have got to be careful. They can't just come out and be you know we're gonna go from ball one. I think they have to take two overs or three overs or something like that just to get used to the the, the Indian bowlers, just to get used to all the swing, the bounce, and whatever it is, and then start going. Or okay, you might. Maybe not three overs, but you might take an over or so from each each bowler, and that's something that Indian batsmen do as well. Actually, I think today, I remember um, India were I think zero zero without loss after I think one and a half overs. So and they were I think they, they did this in the previous game as well. So they just take their time to make sure that they know what they're doing, and they still managed to get one hundred eighty, one hundred ninety or something in the game. So I think England would could benefit from doing the same. 
maybe just take a couple of overs or one over just to get used to the swing and just the sort of bowling that India are giving uh, that, that are bowling to them. And then go from there. And then you know they can they can exp- express themselves, you know, Hales and Butler. They can express themselves after that. So I think they can definitely cope with it. But they just need to be mature about it. I think they need to just make sure that they're not going from ball one and just take maybe a few balls and over or so to get used to the, the conditions of the bowler. Yeah, I think against a, a quality bowling attack like India's, I think that's really important. Looking at England's bowling attack, something that India don't actually, well, they don't explicitly have is someone with express pace. And, and for England, that's Mark Wood. You know, he's shown, you know, even if, if he, even in certain grounds, especially like the match against Sri Lanka, his first over he went for 17. But after that, he really, you know, used his pace well and really adjusted because he was, you know, keeping the batsmen on their toes, but also, you know, bowling with control and bowling with purpose rather than just looking to bowl as fast as he possibly can. And and that's been really effective at his World Cup. So how, if you were Mark Wood, how would you go about, you know, looking to, to take uh, to take down India's top order? Considering it's, it, saying that Mark Wood opens the bowling alongside someone like Ben Stokes. And if Mark Wood bowls a first over, if you were Mark Wood, how would you go about knocking over uh, the, the Indian top order? See, I'd probably... So Rohit Sharma, I just want to point out, obviously he, his favourite shot and his best shot is the pull shot. So I wouldn't want to bowl too back of a length because he can easily just, you know, that's his favourite shot, it's the best that he can just pull the ball for six or four over square leg or something. So I wouldn't want to bowl, if I'm up wood, I'm not going to bowl too short. But I probably, I kind of want to find that balance between bowling full and then bowling back of a length, so probably at around a length, um, on around fourth or fifth stump, just to you know keep the batsman on the back foot, um, just not letting them come on the come on the front foot and calmly just hit the ball through the line or whatever. Um, so I want I, I if I mark wood, I'm probably going to not bowl too much too far back of it, not too short, but obviously not too full. So around that sort of good length or maybe a bit further, maybe a tiny bit fuller uh, from a length uh, just to keep the batsman poking. And obviously I want him to bowl, um, yeah, I mean, he could bowl at the body uh, or he could, he, I probably want to change up a bit, bowl at the body and then get a few outside off. So I'd, I'd, that's probably the sort of length and line I'd probably want to bowl. Yeah, I think, I think the key thing with the nature of how England in general should be going about knocking over these uh, the the batsmen is they've really got to be aggressive. You know, you've got to want to take in those first six overs as many wickets as possible because even if they do get hit for runs, like, you know, Sri Lanka scored nearly fifty five in the first in the power play, and then after that scored fifty so fifty five off like six overs, and then scored fifty five off another ten overs. So they really slowed down. So it doesn't matter if you go for runs in the power play. I think realistically, if England are bowling first, especially, you know, they've got to be really aggressive. And they've got to want to take wickets. If they, if Rohit Sharma hits Mark Wood for a boundary or care who, it doesn't matter who, then the next ball, Mark Wood should be looking, you know, straight to take a wicket. You know, you've got to be aggressive. You know, if it's the same thing, you know, if there's a chance of taking a wicket, you've got to take it. And I think with Mark Wood, I would actually be looking at really cramping, you know, Rohit Sharma and Kara Hall for room, you know, really making them awkward with that pace, you know, 95 miles an hour, getting it into like the, the rib areas, you know, making, you know, riling up Rohit Sharma in a way sorry, and KRO, and then, you know, go for the typical, you know, hit the stumps, you know, or 
bowl one outside off, like you said, just get him, you know, get him to, he'll try and attempt like a wild shot. One of them will try and attempt a wild shot. And I think that if you can take two wickets in the power play, that's, that'll be a really good power play for England. Someone else, so, you know, we've we talked about power play a little bit. And then, you know, going into the middle overs, England's bowling, I think there are two key players, two of England's, you know, uh, two of England's best bowlers at, at the moment. But um, I think Sam Curran and Adil Rashid, Starting with Sam Curran, you know, first of five for 10 uh, against Afghanistan, you know, uh, five for in T20 cricket, which is pretty exceptional. Then since then, he's been, you know, really keeping control of, of batters during the middle overs, not allowing them to um, to accelerate. As shown by, you know, Sri Lanka's innings against England, you know, when they, they really slowed down during middle overs. You know, what's what makes Sam Curran so effective, is it? Yeah, I mean... It's that he, he provides that left arm option. I think he's got. Uh, he bowls. See when he bowls right. I think um, from from the first point of view, you probably might not think that there is anything you know, really special about it. I think it's really just he bowls. He's consistent, definitely, and also I think his change ups. He's got some good cutters into the pitch, or I mean, depending on whatever the conditions are. Uh, but he, I think he's got some really good cutters and slow balls. Um, I think that's what's making making him so effective. I think I remember the game against Sri Lanka. I think I can't remember who, but one of the batsmen from Sri Lanka, he uh, Sankaran bowled cutter, and he tried to hit it um, to the shorter boundary, so it's a good option. But because of that change of pace, he got caught at the boundary. So I think that's really good from Sankaran. Um, I think that's what really makes him so effective at the moment. He, he bowls. He's consistent. And he's got some good change-ups. And that's, yeah, I think that's why he's being so successful and probably maybe England's most important fast bowler at the moment. Yeah, I think he's really, the, obviously bowls in the middle overs and death. Two overs in the middle in the middle overs between 10 and 15, then two overs at the death. You know, I was just watching him bowl and he, he, he starts in the middle overs as if he's bowling in the death. And I think it's really useful because he brings out those Yorkers, those slower balls and the cutters, just a sl- cutters are just slight changes of pace. It's just the direction that changes as well. And that, you know, when you're looking, if, if a team has like started to struggle and they're really looking to, they want to break out of the, their shackles as a batting team, they're going to really look to try and take on the ball. And when you've got a slight change in movement off the, off the pitch and then, and it just, it can really mess up a shot. And then, it, it, you know, balls get spooned up into the air. You know, it just, the catches happen. And I think Sam Curran, the fact that he bowls like he's bowling in the death overs really early on, means that teams are really constrained to what they can do. And there's a limit to what they can do. Rather than, you know, just bowling, you know, things that are in the slot and that can be hit or, you know, and he doesn't, Sam Curran doesn't hunt for wickets. He he he, he takes wickets, but he also bowls to, to win the game. And I think that's what makes him so good. He's not just a bowler who's looking for wickets. He's looking to to control the innings. And that's that's what's made him so effective this World Cup. But then the question is, in India's batting order, coming in at like number four is Surya Kumar Yadav. You know, someone who's just hit 61 uh, off 25 against Zimbabwe and, and in his T20i career has an average of 40 and strike rate of 180. How, how you know, when Sam Khan is... Is bowling against? Well, you might you might have to bowl against Surya Kumar Yadav. You know, how how do you think that's going to end? Do you, do you think Sam Cran can win that battle against Surya Kumar Yadav? Is there anything he's going to have to change up, Zaid? Yeah, it's a, it's tough. I think Surya Kumar Yadav. He's batting amazingly so far. I think he just uh, reached number one or number two in the ICC rankings. 
So Bobby DeHame's going to be really tough. I think he has that talent of just being able to maneuver the ball so well. I think you know, a lot of the time you, you might see a bowler try and bowl a wide Yorker and somehow he manages to get it over square leg for six. And that's ridiculous. I mean, it's amazing. So I think bowling to um, him, I think Sam Curran would probably want to use changes of pace, changes of angle a lot. And I don't think he would... I would refrain from trying to bowl, you know, just... I would, I would try and use that change of pace a lot, just so he doesn't have a lot of pace to work with. Um, so I, I'd probably use a lot of slow balls. Um, but I, I think... I don't think anyone's really going to be able to give Suo Kamiyolov a huge challenge. I think he's going to do pretty well in that game. I think for India, looking in terms of India, I think if Suo Kamiyolov fires well... Then India have a great chance of destroying England's bat- uh, England's bowling lineup, and then eventually win the game. So, I think um, he Sam Curran's going to have to be careful. Everyone's going to have to be careful when he bowls when they bowl to Suryakumaradov because he just has that talent of being able to manoeuvre the ball so well. And so, I would probably want uh, my balls to bowl, change of pace, maybe get the spinners in, or something like that. Just don't give him too much pace to work with. Yeah, the thing with someone like Sirikuma Yadav, and Joss Bader has these qualities as well, is that it's impossible to set a field to him because, as you said, if you bowl a York, he can get it for six over square leg. He hits 360 degrees, and it's not just 360 degrees, it's that he, he's unpredictable. You know, he can he won't hit it where you typically expect it to be hit, but he'll still hit it for six. So then it's so hard for England to set a field to him, and I think, you know, they're going to have to be quite defensive against him. You can't, I guess, you know, when he's straight in, if he comes in, you know, really, really be aggressive, bring someone in, um, who can you know someone like Mark Wood in who can really try and knock his stumps uh, stumps off? But eventually he's going to be using that pace and he's going to be hitting it all around. So I think pace off is a good tactic. So Adil Rashid as well as bowling these middle overs primarily. You know he struggled this. He okay in his, in his own standards compared to his own standards he has struggled this World Cup. You know he hasn't had as he hasn't bowled typically badly, but he hasn't either. You know, he's only taken I think one wicket this World Cup, which was against in yesterday's match against Sri Lanka. And he he hasn't really had that control over innings. He hasn't really you know he hasn't dominated the the, the batting lineups of other teams. So you know coming into this match, do you think Adil Rashid should be you know would be excited as such? Like when I mean excited, do you think is he going to be more worried than anything? You know is it because they um, because you've got the likes of Sirikimi Yadav and person someone like Virat Kohli plays spin very well, or do you think this could be a really a good opportunity for uh, for Adil Rashid to take wickets? And do you think do you think he will be able to suppress the Indian middle order? I think he's coming in with lots of confidence from the Sri Lanka game. He he bowled really well. He was the man of the match. Bowled four hours, one for sixteen. So excellent control. Uh, he, he as well changed his pace really well. Um, you know, he had some quicker, flatter ones and also bowled some really loopy ones. And Shrekan Bass couldn't, he was unpredictable. So I think it'll be a great matchup, Adar Rashid to Surikan Yadav, because both of them are actually, I mean, Surikan Yadav is special in his own way with being unpredictable. And Adar Rashid at the moment, you know, he's being unpredictable with the uh, variation of pace and flight that he's bowling. So I think he will be pretty excited to come and bowl to these top players. Um, I think it'll be a really good matchup to look out for. I think, you know, he'll bowl well. Um but, you know, he as a whole, he you know, he has struggled a bit. But as a whole I think, you know, he'll probably have some confidence and you know, he'll 
it would be really interesting to see how he does bowl to Virat Kohli and yeah, all all these batsmen, especially Suryakumar and Yadav. Yeah, no, I I I think that's fair, and I think that he can. Um, yeah, I think Adil Rashid has a good chance to make a big impact. So yeah, and then last last thing really, we we've discussed the batting, the bowling. Do you think if you were to just make state, you know, England versus India, saying that Milan's out, Salt's in, you know, it doesn't really matter where. And they keep the teams the same. Do you think England will beat India? Yes or no? Yeah, simple answer would be I think India will win. Uh, just because I think the their bowling attack, I think just as a whole, the form uh, that India are in is impeccable. I think Virat Kohli, he's come back to his form. Surya is batting amazingly. Uh, the only slight concern could possibly be the openers. So I think England... Uh, if they're looking to exploit one part of the, um, if they're looking to exploit one part of the India batting lineup, probably be they want to look at exploiting the opener. So, yeah, as we mentioned, uh, Mark Wood might be an option to bowl first or second over, open the bowling to make sure he's attacking the in those Indian batsmen quickly. So I think, uh, but as a whole, I'd say you know India's form just looks much better. So I think India are going to come out on top. Yeah, I, I think that England. I think I have to. I think it's tough. I think, I think England. Ha- I think I would go with England just because you know, England, you know, on their day can beat anyone. I really think that's true, and I think that I think England's bowling is better than India's, even though Bhuvneshwar can't actually can swing it. I think England have done a better job of controlling teams, and uh, but I think that India, on the form of their batting, I think in- England will really have to bat. You know, India can bat England out of a game, whereas in- England will struggle to bat India out of a game. But anyway, that's the end of this episode. You know, hopefully, uh, England India semi final. I hope it. You know, it, it hope it's an interesting match. Hopefully, it goes down to the wire. And I think you know, if England win that, then they've got to you know play against New Zealand, Pakistan, and that's going to be tough in itself. But they've first got to win uh, the semi finals. I think they have a very, I think they have a really reasonable chance of winning this World Cup. Would you say that they have a chance, a reasonable chance of winning this World Cup, Zaid? I think they have a chance, but. Just, I think they would have more of a chance if they were playing either Pakistan or New Zealand, just because they're playing India. I think India is looking really good. But yeah, they definitely have some decent chances. They're looking pretty decent. So yeah, it'd be really interesting to see how they do. Yeah, the first step anyway is to qualify, to, to beat the, win the semi-finals and qualify for the finals. So yeah, hopefully it'll be a good match. And yeah, that's the end of this episode. So thank you, Zaid. And we'll, we'll see you on the next episode.